Today we're talking about parenting a child with ADHD and how to avoid burnout. This is episode 39. Let's get started. Smarter Parenting welcomes you to our podcast series, The Parenting Coach for ADHD. Here to heal and elevate lives is your parenting coach, Siope Kinikini. Well, hello, everyone. I hope everybody is doing super great today. Today's topic is about helping parents avoid burnout, and I want to provide some very simple things that parents can do. Now, I say simple, and I I mean simple in that I can express what they are and tell you what they are. Uh, Implementation of these simple things are actually going to depend on you. But I think that they're doable, and they have been doable with the families that I've worked with in helping them manage their burnout level. Now, let's be honest. If you have a child with ADHD and with any other issue or special needs, you'll you'll know that burnout is real. It's a real thing. Um, there is caregiver burnout also where, you know, caregivers tend to run out of steam and energy in caring for somebody who needs consistent care. And so it's important for whoever is providing the care or for parents who are working with a child with ADHD, for them to really take stock and um, evaluate how they're doing, how they're functioning, and what is in their best interest. Because let's be honest, if the parent isn't there 100%, then the child is not getting the care that they need, right? Now, that's not a judgment on my part, but what I'm saying is you cannot fill someone else's glass if your glass is empty. You've got to be able to fill your own glass in order to fill someone else's glass, right? Now, that sounds kind of like a selfish approach, and I've heard it both ways. Some people have been like, you know, it's about sacrifice, and it's about giving, and and I just need to give and give and give until, you know, until there's nothing left. Well, the problem is, is you incrementally, if you keep doing that, what you're giving is less than what you could give if you took the time for your own self-care and your own mental health, right? Your mental health is just as important as the person that you're caring for. So um, if you want to do what's best for your child who's struggling with ADHD, be sure that you are in a mindset where you can help them and that you can be there for them in a way that's not going to be detrimental or emotionally draining or, you know, judgmental or whatever it may be. Um, what it boils down to, though, and I can say it all in one word, what it boils down to for parents and for children is, and this is the one word, and I want you to remember it. In fact, if you have a pen, write it down or whatever. You need to remember this. And in fact, if you want to get a tattoo, you should actually, you could tattoo this on your arm or wherever. The word that I want you to understand and to learn and to really implement is boundaries. I know, right? Simple word. (laughs) Boundaries. Now, boundaries exist in order to be sure that I'm happy and that you're happy and not that you're happy and I'm unhappy. That's why boundaries exist, right? I've been working with a client. It's been so fascinating to work uh, with this family because the in working with the boundaries, and I'm sharing this because they've allowed me to share this, in working with the boundaries, what we're doing is we're establishing what wasn't there before. And so instead of everyone um, kind of just all over the place, 
uh, we're saying, okay, no, this is where my focus is and what I can do. This is what your focus is and what you can do. And by bringing those together, we're more powerful than if I step into your area and you step into my area. Um, take, for example, a fence. You know, some people think a fence between two houses helps, uh, keeps people apart or divides them. When in reality, the fence can provide a lot of a safety for both sides, right? Um, the fence itself will keep one neighbor in their space and keep their animals in that space if they have any animals or whatever it may be and it also defines where the other neighbor's area is and where it starts right so that that boundary level the fence helps to keep the peace right helps to keep the peace and in many ways if parents can establish good boundaries then they're going to be able to be more effective in their parenting of children of their children who struggle with ADHD. Now, of course, it's easier said than done, right? It's super easy to say, yeah, you just need better boundaries. <laughs> and um, I can hear it too. I can hear, I'm, I'm probably going to get a lot of comments about boundaries, really seriously. I, I just want to help my kid and I want to help my child. And there are no such thing as boundaries with children who struggle with ADHD. Um, there needs to be boundaries between the parent. When you establish good boundaries, it actually models for your children what that could look like, you know, where the boundary is. And um, it allows you to be happy and it allows them to be happy. I can't stress that enough. In fact, I think the majority of the problems with like um, conflict is just understanding the boundaries between the two if the two can come to a consensus of where the boundaries are and what needs to happen in order for both sides to be happy then then that that actually is the ultimate goal now sometimes that's more difficult right and with a child who has adhd uh, who may need you more often than another child may need you that could be skewed and that could be more difficult to do however having a boundary there versus having no boundary there and letting that just exist the way it is, is not helpful. It's not helpful for you as a parent and it's not helpful for the child. It's not helpful for you as a parent because you're constantly on call. And I don't know if you've ever had a job where you're on call. I have. It's the pit. Like I hated it. I hated it. So you know, I'd go to bed and this is back in the day when we had pagers. So um, clients could call me anytime, two o'clock in the morning. I hated it. I never got good sleep because I was on call like all the time, right? Now, parents, parenting is a little different, obviously, because you are on call 24-7. However, you can establish some good boundaries in between there to help minimize some of that anxiety that may exist or that pressure to always respond whenever everything happens. You can set things in place to address them beforehand. In fact, there's a very helpful skill on the Smarter Parenting website called Preventive Teaching. And the skill itself helps you address the issues before they occur and give your child what they should do in those situations in order for them to help resolve it themselves. It's it's a wonderful, wonderful skill. I highly recommend it. The video is not very long. I think it's like five minutes long. And it explains it, and you actually will see examples of parents with younger children and older children using the skill. 
So yeah, definitely jump over to the Smarter Parenting website after this, and you can see how preventive teaching, that's the name of the skill, preventive teaching, can be very helpful in establishing some of those boundaries, okay? So now we've talked about ADHD fatigue, we've talked about parenting stress, feelings of being overwhelmed, and um, you know, ADHD parenting burnout, which are very, very real things. So in establishing boundaries, I want you to think of a couple of things that you can implement in your own life as a parent to help you along this path. Now, the first thing I want you to do as a parent is I need you to prioritize your own self-care because no one else is going to do it for you. And if no one else does it for you, then it allows all the other things in the world to come into your life. And then you are like a boat without a sail. You're kind of just going wherever it rocks you, right? If you prioritize your self-care, you take the time to prioritize your self-care, you're going to be able to establish some boundaries that say, okay, I need, and this is just for me, I need 30 minutes to eat my Ben and Jerry's at night because that's what I do for self-care. Not really healthy, but hey, right? So I don't know if anybody else likes Ben and Jerry's. I don't know. But there are times when I need that at the end of the day. And so I will. I will. That's part of me setting some boundaries. And I do not share this with anyone. Like, what is mine? Ben Ben and Jerry's? I'm sorry. That's mine, right? And so I've set some boundaries around that. Am I going to share with that? Yeah, if I want to. But it's mine. It's off limits. It's you know, setting that up. So I know I sound like so rude, right? (laughs) Anyways, you need to prioritize your self-care. Now, whether that be taking a run in the morning or taking the dogs for a walk, listening to calm music, taking a bath. I mean, uh, I've I've heard it all, you know, um, you can do these things. Now for parents with a really tight schedule, and that's every parent, let's be honest, you know, sometimes you got to sneak that in 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 certain times of the day that will work better for you for example i like to be accessible to my daughter when she comes home from school and so i've blocked out that and set the boundary to say okay i'm going to be here when she gets back in order for us to talk about her day and figure out what's going on and get some feedback and build our relationship so that's what i will do during that time so i have allotted another time or a different time to to prioritize my own self-care right? So prioritize yourself, your own self-care. That can also come in the form of working on projects that you're passionate about. So I, for one, love genealogy. I I just like reading about history and about people. I read biographies. I love them, love them to death. I think there's so much to learn from people who've come before us. And so I will prioritize time in order to do some genealogical work or to read uh, you know, maybe a chapter here or there of something that I really, really enjoy to do research. That stuff actually fuels me and gives me energy. Uh, it's disconnected from my life, and it's something that I can do for myself. So find out what it is to prioritize some self-care. It could be even a short amount of time. It doesn't have to be super long, but you do have to prioritize self-care. 
Now, the next thing is to teach kids tools. I've already mentioned using preventive teaching to help your child understand, okay, if this situation arises, this is exactly what I should do and how I should behave. You provide those tools for your kids so they can learn. Now, will they respond to the tool immediately? Maybe, maybe not. Sometimes it'll take two or three or four times for them to finally get it. Um, And that's okay, because remember, we're dealing with children who are still navigating the world and trying to figure things out. So you want to provide them with very concrete and very specific tools on how to become more independent. Uh, The reason being is because you want to raise an independent child who will be able to function in society as an adult. Our goal as parents is actually to prepare these children to become adults, responsible, respectful, and effective adults. So Teach them tools. These are behavioral tools that you can find on the Smarter Parenting website. You can find a ton there. There's uh, how to communicate, you know, how to correct behaviors. You, I mean, there's things that you can do as parents, but there's also tools that you can teach your child. The one that uh, usually I recommend for all teenage kids is teaching them how to do a decision-making skill uh, called SODAs. And it's on the Smarter Parenting website. There's a fun video on how to do it, and it explains how to do it. And now if my child comes to me with a a dilemma, like they need to solve a problem, I can say, well, I want you to do a SOTUS on it so you can figure it out. And what it does is it helps them determine what are the options, disadvantages, and advantages of those options, and then to come up with a solution. It's actually a really good tool because now I don't have to sit down and, and um, like labor through, you know, working through decisions. She can actually make decisions, come to me, and then we collaborate on whether or not that's a great decision or not. And if it's not, then we send back, send her back to do another SOTAs until we can find something that aligns with her values and what it is that she needs to do. So you want to provide your your kids with tools, right? Again, we don't want to be the boat that just goes wherever the wind is blowing. We want to be very intentional and specific in the way that we work with our kids. Now, another thing that I would recommend for parents who are to avoid burnout, who are have children with ADHD, is to... Get together with uh, somebody who understands you. So a friend who understands the dilemmas and the struggles that you're going through. Support groups. I've been super impressed with the offerings on Facebook. There are quite a few ADHD groups out there um, of parents who support each other. Jump in there. You know, you can actually join the Smarter Parenting ADHD um, club also to gain this sense of community because you're not alone in what you're working through a lot of parents have struggled with the same things or similar things and they're continually working through them so when you feel isolated that could be a very dangerous place because isolation for me anyway is a is a dangerous place for anybody you know for teenagers if they begin to isolate i'm worried because they should be social Um, and adults need to do that too. So reach out to a friend, make a friend, make a friend online, join, join a group online, join the Smarter Parenting Club, and then you can get that sense of community and you can share. And that sharing actually will be beneficial and helpful because you'll get more information on other people and how they've been able to deal with it, okay? So we've gone through three things so far. Prioritize your self-care, Teach your kids tools that they can use towards greater independence as support group. 
So three things, uh, but there's more. I, I kind of feel like that salesman, but there's more. <laughs> there's plenty more. Um, you want to spend some time learning more about ADHD. Now, you've probably read a ton of stuff, but really integrating that so you can understand what your child is going through. In a previous podcast, I was talking about the issue of my inability to focus in watching a video. So I had to watch it like a lot, and I still didn't get it. And um, learning about what that's like for your child will give you greater empathy when you're dealing with your child. So instead of snapping at them and saying, why didn't you get it? I've already told you. How many times do I have to tell you? You'll understand that, yeah, you you did, but their inability to focus has prevented them from really integrating what information you've been providing for them. So take some time to learn more about ADHD. Find out what's trending in the community. Find out uh, if there are new treatment options. I mean, those things are continually being updated. You know, continued research is happening out there. Look up medications and understand if your child's on medication. Uh, find alternative uh, things that you can try to help your child. This learning actually will give you greater empathy and provide you with a lot more um, a sense of resourcefulness in working with your child. Now, uh, one of the other things that you can do to avoid burnout is accept what is happening, but look for the positive. It's like trying to find the silver lining on what is happening around you. So if your your child is defiant, Defiant is one way of looking at it, right? The other part is, well, they're expressing their independence. That's a positive way to look at it. Okay. And do I want a child who's independent in the future? Absolutely. I do. Do I want a child that has their own mindset and can speak what they think and what they want? Absolutely. That's absolutely what I want. So it's taking our perceptions and flipping them and looking at the other side of it. Now, that sounds like a weird thing to do because when you're upset, right, you don't want to see the positive. When your child's acting out, you don't want to see the positive. And yet there is a positive side to it, to everything, right? Everything has everything has a good and a bad, and it depends on what you focus on. So accept and look for the positive is a, is a good way for you to reframe things. That's what they call it in, in the therapeutic world. You reframe things. And it gives you a better understanding of your child, but it also calms you down so you can understand that it's not just one way of looking at things, right? Another thing that you can do is a a document improvement. Um, I always think it's amazing because like if I work with a family for one week and then we implement all these tools and things that they can try and they've tried them, they usually come back the next week and they say, nothing's changed. Everything's the same. When I've given them the assignment to document where they are at that moment, and then they come the next week, and then they say, nothing's worked. And then I ask them the same questions, and we work through it. 98% of the time, there have been small changes that have happened uh, that the parents are unaware of. Um, now I've used the analogy of the boat, right? To not be rocked back and forth. The same could be said that if you just shift the boat just one degree and it continues to sail, pretty soon your boat's going to veer off into completely different place, right? Just one degree. Making a small shift in where the the boat is going is going to affect where it ends up, 
right? And so sometimes when we're working with our children day in and day out, it is hard and sometimes impossible to notice that they've shifted a degree or to notice that a parent has shifted one degree. But that one degree over time is going to make a huge difference in where they end up, right? So document, document improvements. Get a baseline and say, okay, this is where we are. This is what we're going to work on. And then implement the schools, the, the tools that you've been teaching your child and then have them move forward from there, right? Now, the last thing I'm going to recommend is for you to slow down, <laughs> which is hard, I know. Slow down and create traditions. Create a tradition for your family and your child. And the reason that I say that is because it's reinforcing for the relationship between you and your child. Now, a tradition, I don't mean something elaborate or huge or, you know, whatever. I will say that, like, for me and my daughter, uh, when she does something at school, like she tried out for a play or she auditioned for a choir thing, I usually will pick her up or we'll pick her up and we will go for a treat. That's kind of our tradition. We go to the exact same place. We all get the exact same thing. But that place is kind of a tradition in our family. It doesn't take very long to do. Um, but we're able to talk about what happened and how she felt and you know anything else that may have occurred during that time. And it's a good way to continually build a relationship. You can do this at home by having your child do something like if they like to to cook, you can actually create a meal together like once a week where they help, you know, help prep the food or help make the food. Um, you can do it as in having a movie night. You know, we're going to have our movie night and you do have some very specific uh, rituals. And by rituals, I mean you have some very specific things that you consistently do um, that define that time with your child. So movie night's great going for a walk together you know it's like friday nights or let's say wednesday night you choose wednesday night it's like okay we're all gonna go for a walk and you know do something like that bike ride would be great but setting up some very specific traditions and following through with those every week will help to reinforce the relationship and help you step out of this whole contentiousness that may be involved with uh, you and your child and actually feeling burned out. It also helps you reconnect with your child in a different light other than the conflict, okay? Now, if you and your child are uh, have conflict about the tradition, then find a different tradition. <laughs> Don't force your child into a tradition that you've decided needs to happen if your child does not want to do that tradition. So you want to find something that you can both mutually um, enjoy together. Okay, so we've covered a lot of different things that you can try, but I do want to go over, give you an overlay of very the very specific things that you need to do. So the first thing is just remember, we're just establishing boundaries because boundaries are super, super important for parents to have. Now, the, the way that you can do this is to prioritize your self-care. Take the time to prioritize that. Give yourself permission to take care of yourself right? So you can help your child. You need to teach your kids tools. That's number two. Uh, find a friend or a support group online or in person that can sit there and talk to you and understand what's going on. Learn more about ADHD and all of the facets that are involved with it to develop greater empathy. You can accept what is happening, but look on the flip side and make it positive. 
Um, you can document improvement over time and then slow down. Slow down and create traditions for you and your child. All these things are meant to help you avoid burnout, right? And your child does not need you burned out. In fact, the world does not need you burned out. So take the time to implement some of these things. And I'd love to hear exactly how it worked for you. Or if you have questions, I mean, send them over to Smarter Parenting so we can answer them. Um, You know, we definitely are working towards a better future when we are able to help our children uh, develop into responsible adults. And so that's my goal. It's always been my goal here. Um, If you're looking for some tools that you want can provide for your children, you can visit the Smarter Parenting website. The materials are free. And we made it that way because we want to help you be the best version of you because we know uh, you and your child deserve to have a happy life. So um, that's it for me this week. Um, and, you know, leave us a rating if you can. And if you are interested in actually focusing in on very specific things for your child, Smarter Parenting does provide parenting coaching. So um, you can receive coaching on very specific topics. You'll have to sign up for that. There's a fee actually to join that all centered around your needs and what you need to be done. So we can answer those questions that are very, very specific because each child is a little bit different and each parent is a little bit different. So we can hone everything in that way. Anyways, that's it for me. Please do not get burned out (laughs) and have a great day. And I'm excited actually to present some of the newer things that are coming down the pipe. So um, again, you know, subscribe to our YouTube channel, visit our website, share this podcast if it's been helpful. And we obviously will have some free downloads for you. And that's it for me. See you next week. Bye.